Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of truth, present in all places, filling all things, treasury of blessings and giver of life, come and abide in us. Cleanse us of every stain and save our souls, gracious Lord. Amen. Welcome to all of you online. We have a handful of people here with us, part of the team, and trying to figure out the logistics as we live in this new normal. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for your patience, your helpful feedback um, as we try to make live streaming a reality and something sustainable, something that we can build off of. Uh, so just a, a brief message tonight as we, again, will have this abbreviated service. Um, tonight, we see that creation is the arena for God's glory to be displayed. So think about that for a minute. Creation is the arena for God's glory to be displayed, and it's also the arena for faith to be exercised. It's the arena for God's glory to be displayed, for faith to be exercised, and that is to say that creation is a sacrament. It's a place where we encounter God. And, and I say that as opposed to the idea that that faith in God is simply in our head, as the cranberries used to sing. It's in your head. It's more than that. It's something that we live out. And we see here tonight that Christ's revelation of Himself as this one who is greater than just a human walking on water, and we'll go through the, the details of the dialogue in a second. So, His revelation of Himself as God, and then Peter's faith so God and Peter's faith working in this sort of synergy together, this brings about a really miraculous occurrence. So, if you hear nothing else tonight, which you may not, creation is the arena for God's glory to be displayed, for faith to be exercised, and thus the synergy between the two, God's grace and glory and our faith, to be enacted. It's a sacrament. We will fail and flourish and everything in between. We will fall into the water. We won't even get into the boat sometimes, but we will also walk on water. We will see mountains moved. We will see great victories and everything in between. So the most important thing is that we are crying out, just as Peter did, save us, Lord. So let's look at this interaction between Jesus 
God himself in his glory and Peter in his faith and see what we can learn from him. First of all, in this synergy, we, we see what happens first. Well, of course, they're in the boat. They're going to the other side. They're going to the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee. And here it says just after these verses that they're Gennesaret. Uh, so okay, the Sea of Galilee is kind of split in half. One side is Jewish side. One side is Gentile side. One side is kosher. One side's not, etc., etc. So they're going to the other side. Jesus goes away to pray. Notice again, he did that before when he fed the 5,000. Now he's going away to pray. So he sends the disciples ahead of him on the boat. And there's a great storm, of course. And think about this for a minute, if you will. Is the storm there just because, man, the Sea of Galilee just happens to be in a place where storms are going to pop up every now and then, kind of like the Texas Panhandle or West Texas or wherever? Maybe. But the disciples had already been through a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. So we've got another occurrence, another moment that, that Jesus allows them to experience. But let's look at this interaction now. So Jesus is walking on the water, and he tells them, do not be afraid, it is I. Or we might say, I am. So again, Jesus proclaims the divine name. Remember what Moses asked God whenever he was trying to decide, should I go to my people in Egypt and help them be delivered from Pharaoh? Who do I tell them sent me, God? And God says what? Tell them I am sent you. And so Jesus proclaims this in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the uncertainty. Does anything ring a bell right now? In the midst of all of that, Jesus says, I am. Do not be afraid. I am. And so Peter, we love Peter. We're so thankful for Peter, aren't we? I wish I was more like Peter. I, I, I used to think that I was a lot like Peter, but then I realized, nah, I think I'd like to be like Peter but not too much like Peter. It's complicated. I get it. But Peter says, Lord, if it is you, call me to come out to you. Command me to come out to you on the water. Let's look at that for a second. If it is you, Peter's heard this divine revelation, so we have God's grace and glory being expressed and shown forth. Peter's faith speaks out. Again, it's not just in his head. It's not the little engine that could, but he acts upon it. If it is you, Lord, command me to come out on the water so that I can walk on the water? No. What? What does it say? To come to you. Peter sees Jesus. He asks him, if it's you, command me to come to you. Peter sees that the highest goal is to be where Jesus is, is to be close to him. And so what does Jesus say? Come. I don't know, Peter. You're not quite ready yet. No. Come. Come out. Come be with me. It's beautiful. Deeply touching, simple command, come. Jesus says it over and over. God, the Holy Trinity, says it over and over to us through the prophets and the law, supremely in Christ, come. So Peter gets out of the boat, and what happens? He doesn't do a belly flop because he lost a bet. 
He walks on the water. Peter walks on the water. We get that Jesus walks on water. That's, we kind of expect something like that out of Jesus, seeing the past pattern of his behavior. And, you know, Jesus is going to do that. Peter walks on the water. This is not a fable. This is not a fun parable to tell us how great God is. Peter walks on water. And so this, this elevation that Jesus is above creation, he, he becomes creation for our sake. He becomes flesh for our sake. But he's still divine. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards all people. That comes to life in Jesus. The highest, most pure divinity, God himself and man. And so Peter now, because of his faith, because of Jesus' invitation, because Jesus' divine revelation, I am and come, Peter now is not behaving in a human manner. He is transcending the created order. We might call this in our Western terminology a miracle. When the laws of nature are transcended or bypassed by divine energy. But maybe because creation is the arena for God's glory and our faith is enacted in that arena and there's this synergy and we see this at work, maybe this is what it is like to be fully human. Maybe creation's purpose is for those who are redeemed in Christ are to walk over the chaos but not all the time, and not yet. You see, that's really what we long for, is that that all of creation would be fulfilled. St. Paul writes it beautifully in Romans 8. Chris preached on it the other day. Creation is longing for the revelation of the sons of God because it's been subjected to futility because of the sin of our father and our mother, Adam and Eve. But Peter walks on the water. Take a minute. I want you to think about your own life. Think about when you've been in Peter's position, either wittingly or unwittingly. And I know probably none of you have walked on water. You home? Either on the interwebs. But think about when you've seen a revelation of God, either through his word, through creation and the sacraments and another person. You've seen that revelation. You've experienced God revealing himself in some manner. And then boldly you call to him, hey, if that's you, God, call me to come to you. Not call me to walk on the water or call me to make a a truckload of money or call me to move a mountain. it's, it's, It's not about the manifestation. It's about moving towards Jesus. Call me to come to you. And you've done that. You've stepped out in faith. You've been bold. You've doubted yourself. You've doubted, did I really... Did God really say that? What what am I doing? What in the world? Why does it feel like a storm is all around me? But you've done that. Just like Peter. So Jesus calls and you go. So what, what is this? Maybe a job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's beginning a family. You were you didn't know that you were beginning a family. You weren't ready. Maybe there's some very difficult trial. 
some distressing situation, some very difficult relationship that you have to navigate, and you realize, is that, Jesus, is that you calling from amidst the chaos for me to step into it, to come to you? And he says, I am, come, and you do. Think about those situations that you've been in like that. How do you feel about that? Do you feel ashamed that you weren't able to keep walking on water like Peter? Do you feel frustrated or angry at yourself? Do you feel elated and jubilant and wish that you could go back to walking on water? How do you feel about that? I want you to notice, and I mentioned this early in my sermon, this is the second such storm. The first time Jesus was with the disciples in the boat, this time he's outside of the boat. He allows us to undergo these difficulties, these jobs, these relationships, these trials, so that we can learn to trust him. Because look what happens next. Peter notices the waves He notices everything around him, and what does he do? He falls in. He falls right into the water. And what does Jesus say to him? Why did you doubt? Why did you hesitate? Why did you waver? Guys, I know a lot of you, a lot of us, have doubted before, are doubting now. I talk to people almost weekly and we've seen, in the, especially in the Protestant evangelical world, masses of people leaving the church. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to hesitate. It's okay to waver. But eventually, if we don't cry out to Christ, Lord, save me, if we don't have that fundamental relationship with Him, we will sink. The church is like a boat. It's like the ark where God rescues his people and puts them in. And so we see Jesus reaching down to pick up Peter to save him. Now, that moment had value for Peter, did it not? Yeah, it saved his life. But also, look who Peter became after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, after seeing, being with the risen Christ and being restored to him on that beachfront that same very Sea of Galilee. Look what Peter did. He became not just an apostle, but the leader of the apostles. We celebrate Peter and Paul's death on June 29th, their feast day. They're both buried in Rome where the church grew and multiplied and was transformed and changed the whole world around them. All because creation is the arena for God's glory for our faith to be exercised, and thus creation can be a sacrament to us. In this season of chaos, of uncertainty, will we cry out to Jesus? If it is you, Lord, command me to come out to you on the water, on the chaos. And if he says come, will we? And friends, whether we fall in to the water or not, all that matters is that we're moving towards Jesus. We have to keep him as the focus of our lives, of our church's life, of everything that we do. We have to get alone with him and gaze upon him in this season.
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.